Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business, and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. I'm Ron Baker, along with my good friend and Barris SAGE Institute colleague, Ed Kless. On today's show, folks, we're talking about in search of relationship value. How's it going, Ed? Good, Ron. No guest. Um, no <laughs> No. No what? No mask. No, no mask. No, not until next Wednesday. Oh, next Wednesday. Not, oh, not okay. until next well, that's Wednesday. When, yeah. That's when you guys are going to go down the tubes, right? Yeah, well, I'm sure. <laughs> Texas but, there. What, 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 barbarians? No, Neanderthals. We're all Neanderthals here. So. Well, Ed, this is really a show about subscription because subscription puts the relationship front and center. Mm-hmm. And this was a topic I know that you guys talked about on the Verisage Fellows Call earlier this week that I had to miss, unfortunately. But I had posed the question in the prior month's call about this topic, mm-hmm. and I didn't do a good job on it. But let me try and set it up and try and articulate it better. I've read several things, just like you have over the last few months, that have really inspired uh, this deep dive into relationship. And one of them was Fender. And Fender, you know, guitar company founded in 1946, they figured out, and I'm not, I don't know when they figured this out because there were no dates attached to this, but they figured out that 90% of new guitar players quit within three to six months. A big chunk of those quit within 30 days, you know, trying to learn a new guitar when you buy it to learn and they quit. And, um, the people that stick with it for one year usually become customers for life. And that that just corresponds to what we know about subscription businesses. If people stick to a subscription for one year, they usually remain a customer for life. And Fender Play began doing, um, they started the Fender Play app, and I'm not sure when that happened, But the Fender Play app is basically a digital library of 3,000 online video lessons on how to play the guitar at various levels. So I'm sure beginning, intermediate, advanced. And within three years, and again, I'm not sure when that Fender Play app started. Within three years, they had 130,000 subscribers. And with a 95% retention rate, which is pretty good. And I know we've lost Ed here. Uh, Greg, so I'm assuming that we're uh, that we're on, but uh, subscribers that uh, subscribe to the Fender Play app spend 40 percent more on Fender products on average than non-subscribers to Fender Play. And when COVID struck, and I believe they started to do this in March after the lockdowns came, they gave a free trial. Uh, I think a three-month trial to Fender Play. That brought them from 130,000 subscribers to 1 million within three months. And Teen Zoe, there's been write-ups about this in the Zora newsletter in the last few 
weeks. And one laid out three lessons that people can learn from this. And one is that Fender practiced a lot with experimentation. Um, they say, you know, experimentation makes perfect. It's okay to admit you don't know what you don't know. Um, the guy in charge of Fender Play basically said, and I love this quote, you find holes by falling into them. <laughs> then you fill them and you never do that again, right? Um, the second lesson was stay in tune with the customer. Understanding the qualitative human elements of the customer experience. And this is what really got me into the relationship side of this because that's more of a psychological thing. I mean, yeah, there's tons of analytics and big data around, you know, Netflix users and all of that. And in fact, that's the third lesson is listen to the analytics. You know, retention is important. Churn is important. All of that. But you also have to understand the harder to quantify metrics like engagement. And Fender says, look, people are messy and complicated. And it's really true. And that's why that customer experience and that onboarding process, that first 30 days, even that first 90 days is really important. And it got me to thinking, and just again, add on the psychological aspects of this model and why it's so different from a transactional model, even a value pricing model, um, is because uh, I, I started thinking about, I subscribe to two things, clear and serious. Uh, clear for uh, probably as equally equally long subscriptions. I've had clear for quite a while and I've had serious since I bought my car. Um, I re-up every year. And I can't tell you why, because I don't, I don't much listen to Sirius in my car when I'm driving. I listen to podcasts and I don't use clear very often, especially I did in the early days, but when pre came out, um, it's just not clear off, off, off the, off my mind basically. But every time it comes up, I renew it. And I think there's something psychological there. And I, I don't know if it's loss aversion. I don't know if it's that, like, you know, same reason I overpack when I go on trips. I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. You know, that logic. I, I know it's peace of mind. I know it's convenience. It's not like I never use these things. I do use them occasionally. But they're there, and I kind of like the protection. of. It's like a backup system. And... And, and, and then I started thinking, I, I remember reading a marketing book, and I, I wish I could remember who said this. It, it was somebody like a Seth Godin or something, but they were taught, and this was way back. So roll back 25 years, and I, I or 20 years maybe, I found this to be so, it resonated with me. I said, when you look at the difference between Gillette and Schick, the guy said, Gillette builds relationships, Schick sells razors. And when you looked at the marketing and the TV ads, that was true. Gillette had Tiger Woods and these other celebrities speak. They never talked about the product that much. Schick just seemed to be much more utilitarian. Here's a great shave, blah, blah, blah. But then you come along with subscription and you got Dollar Shave Club. You got Harry's. Tell me which one's paying lip service to the relationship and tell me which company is actually strengthening and bonding that relationship over a period of, of a lifetime. You know, Dollar Shave Club sold for a million, a billion dollars to Harry's, uh, to Unilever. And Harry's, I think, sold to another either big company or private equity group. I don't know 
for a little bit under a billion dollars. And I started thinking, no matter how good we become at value pricing, and there's no doubt that value pricing improves and strengthens the customer relationship, it still pays lip service to it. Because you can be a great value pricing firm and still have mediocre relationships with your customers. And that's why I want to explore this topic. I want to talk about those psychological and other factors that makes a relationship such a strong bond. Uh, and subscription is the model that fosters that. Value pricing doesn't necessarily do that. So let me say, in preparation for this topic and, and thinking through this, I think my head hurt more than yours did about thinking about Donald Hoffman's work. So uh, this is this is a this is an all-encompassing topic. It there it is it, because it, it the relationship truly is everything. You're right. It is absolutely at the center, or should be at the center. I think that we don't have the language that we have with value pricing 1.0 yet. So I think we're grasping at straws regarding the language we're using to describe this. In fact, at the, the Verisage call, I think I did a lousy job on two fronts. One, uh, and you pointed this out to me when we, we, we debriefed about it, overemphasizing the insurance model, which I think is true. So we'll, we'll, we need to cycle back to that though. And I will. And that's my fault. And I'll take responsibility for that. I, I think people are just taking the analogy too far. Yeah, great. I, I think yep. you, you know, analogies are dangerous because of that. Yes. Yeah. Good. Well, just like models, right? Models right. are dangerous because they right. are not reality. Right. A paper airplane is not, uh, doesn't, you can't fly passengers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the, the, the second thing is the overuse of the price, the portfolio mantra. Right. You've have moved past that and are, emphasizing price the relationship, which I think is clearly more correct. I, I think now that the challenge becomes is does the, are, when we say price the relationship, great. Does that mean that we're pricing the individual relationship or we're trying to price the relationship among all of the people who are in our portfolio? Right. That kind of and, goes back to the portfolio aspect of it. Correct. it what's great though is in a professional firm as opposed to say dollar shave club or netflix or uh, even porsche I, with porsche drive we have to deal with the relationships one-on-one -on -one because we're mm -hmm. customizing our work i mean there's still a, a certain amount of bespokeness to the work right especially because transformations are so personal um, and you're still going to be doing that but what I mean by the relationship, I guess, and maybe there's a better way to say it, and I couldn't agree more that we're struggling with inadequate vocabulary for this, is I don't want people to enter into transactions with accounting firms or professional firms. I want them to, to subscribe to those firms. Just like I don't want somebody's relationship with Porsche to be the car in their garage, I want them to have a direct relationship with Porsche, the yeah. company. And I'm yeah. telling you, I think there's something huge there that I can't, I, it's hard to put on a spreadsheet. It's hard to quantify in any type of analytic, but it's huge. Mm -hmm. and, and it goes beyond my relationship with Clear or Sirius. You know, I don't interact with those companies, but somehow I feel bonded to them. Mm -hmm. 
That's that's, weird. A, that's above and beyond just fear of missing out because you do admit that that's part of it. That the one yep. time you're going to need clear is the one time you don't have it. And, and absolutely, so there's a, there's a what is that FOMO fear of missing out part? That's part of it. But you you're saying it has gone be it's beyond that for you, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And all so right. Well, what's great you, you set that up nicely because you hit all the topics that I want to go into, and then I want to even dive a little bit deeper on that uh, idea of the transformation too, because I think that needs a lot of clarity as well. Cool. All right. The reminder is to send an email to ask TSOE at verisage.com to get a hold of Ron or me and me actually. And we also have the website, the soul of enterprise where you can see show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows. But right now a word from our sponsor. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah 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 Whatever, and four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. We are back in search of relationship value, and we took the name of this show from that great show in the 70s with Leonard Nimoy, In Search Of. I used to love that show, Ron. Did you watch that show? I did not watch that show. That was great. Like it was in search of Noah's Ark. In search I thought of you Bigfoot. took it from the book. I thought you died in search of excellence, but okay. No, no, no. That's okay. where I got it. I was like in search oh. of relations that Leonard Nimoy, uh, right, who was right. uh, the host of this, this, this show that was, you know, at post Star Trek. Anyway, wish um, we had him now. Yeah. But it, but it, 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 similar to, to that show, this, this stuff makes my hair hurt. I mean, I mean it's, it, it's expanding the, my thinking process, and I think that's certainly good. You know, as I get into my 50s, I want to make sure that we're keeping those brain cells expanding. But there is some huge challenges to this, don't you think? I mean, the really, really big. And, and the mantra that's, that so many people go back to, because it is a valid one, is the whole one-off thing. 
And I know yeah. we hate that, but it is a valid concern. Here, Before you go talk through this, though, I do want to say this. Let's figure the hell out how to price the relationship for the things that we have a relationship for and do subscription pricing for that. And let's let's put aside this one-off conversation for right. now and right. deal with it later. We'll we'll get there. I think I think by by sp- spending cycles on the exception, we're we're missing where, what we what the benefit we could get from dealing with the rule. It, it's so true. It, it kind of rhymes with some of the early objections to value pricing, you yeah. know, or even getting rid of the timesheet or alternative KPIs, whatever it was. But I just also want to just make the point. It, it's really important whether you're talking about pricing the relationship in the portfolio or we change that vocabulary to something else. Um, the idea that this is internal looking, it is not. This business model, as far as I can see, and as you know, I'm a student of business models. Um, as far as I can see, this is the best model for putting the relationship first. I can think of no other business model that looks outside to customer value more than this. Just like Peter Drucker said, value exists outside the four walls. And this model puts that at the front and center and then monetizes it. Mm-hmm. Value pricing sort of does that, but it can also screw it up. It doesn't build in all the right incentives like this model does. For instance, the relationship is at the center. There's no silos. This thing smashes bureaucracy. Why would there need to be a silo? You do whatever it is the customer requires. I don't care what type of practice you have. You bring the resources that you have to bear on what the customer needs at the right time. Timesheets have absolutely zero place in this model. You can't look at the income statement and and derive any commonsensical type of KPIs or analysis from a timesheet. This model bakes innovation in. You're constantly adding value and surprise and delight to the customer. And the empirical evidence is overwhelming that you're building a more valuable business. And we can point to John Warlow for that. He gave examples on his show. We can point to the unicorns, the stock market. We can point to venture capitalists. Almost everything they invest in is subscription-based these days. And Dresden Horowitz has this huge paper on the KPIs that they look at and how they analyze and value a subscription-based business. And these are some of the smartest investors in the business. And like you said, we don't have an adequate vocabulary. We're kind of sorting this out. But I, I do think there is a difference between pricing the customer versus pricing the relationship. And I just go back either to Fender or the Porsche example where it, that just means that you have that you're subscribing to a firm, and that firm is is taking care of you more than just selling you a group of products or services, right? Uh, for instance, if you need something that my firm doesn't do, and you're one of my members, I'm just like Dr. Paul does. I'm going to go out and find the specialist for you or the lab diagnostic that you need or whatever and, and have direct relationships. You know, part of your social capital is, is, is that, and it, and is this leverages that more, mm-hmm. you know, D- Dan Morris, our Verisage colleague is a master at leveraging his firm's social capital amongst his customers. And, you know, he, he was the one that called it a concierge practice back in 1996. <laughs> um, and he's always done that, and that's always impressed me. And 
the relationship, what I mean by that is it, it, it's taking that into account as well. I think that's that's critically important is that this notion that we're in, embedding into this price the relationship the totality of value that exists outside the firm. So when we, it, it, you know, price, price the service, okay, we had that now. No, we want you to price the customer, all right? This is the one-on-one now. But when we say price the relationship, yes, it certainly includes the relationship to that customer, but maybe it's price the relationships because it, it, it it's, uh, you know, the, the exercise we used to talk about, Ron, the, the value gap. Mm-hmm. Where we, we where we would say okay, what we want you to do is go through and you know what 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 revenue did you get from them, but what value did you actually create for them? And that's step one. And then step two is to say, all right, what value could we create for in some future state? And then then uh, what could we we price that at? I think that value gap exercise is something we need to start doing, but in terms of subscription, and and here's what we want to try to do get to the totality of what is the value that exists outside the firm and using, um, who is it? Uh, uh, Nordhaus. It's probably somewhere between 25 and 50 times revenue. Right. Yeah. If you're doing it right. If you're doing it right. (laughs) Right. Might be less for professionals than Apple, but yeah. Okay. Whatever. But the the point is, is it's absolutely substantial and until you can begin to think in terms of that, the fact that it is that substantial, you're never going to get to the point where you can price subscription. Right. And another yeah, because this, this fact, this fact is in this whole, we're, when we say subscription pricing, we are talking about a f- factor of four or five above what you are charging now. I, right. That's right. And, <laughs> and that's what I mean. That's partly what I mean by the portfolio. And that's mm-hmm. partly what I mean by the insurance example. But there's even more to it than that. But here's another yeah. way I think about this. If you look at our intellectual capital breakdown, we've always talked about human capital. We've always talked about structural capital. And we've always talked about social capital. Now, some economists didn't call it social capital. They called it relationship capital. Mm. And maybe I think we need a fourth category because I, I'm not sure relationship capital belongs in our social capital. Maybe we should back it out. That's the cus- that's the customers that we have. Then those are the relationships. So maybe you're right. We we make relationship plural. Um, you know, I was reading Jay Nordlinger, who we had on the show uh, a couple month or two ago, and he said uh, he started out the, with this, and I love this. He said, "The more experience I have, the more I think that definitions are virtually the whole ball game." What do you mean? What do you mean by that word or phrase? Once this is sorted out conversation can proceed. Yep. And I think All wisdom begins with the yeah. definition of terms. Absolutely. Straight, straight out of Plato. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, I'm the guy that talked about insurance. I'm the guy that brought in the earthquake example and all these different things. And maybe I overplayed that analogy and I'll take full blame for that. But there is an insurance component here um, because you are spreading risk. But when I'm, what I'm really talking about, Ed, maybe a better way to say it is, we're spreading activities across a, a portfolio of customers. And we know some of those customers are going to use us more in a given time period than others, right? Some just going to come in for their annual physical. Some are going to get sick. Some are going to get really sick and use us more, right? There's, and it's going to vary from year to year, time period to time period. And it doesn't matter. That's what I'm trying to say because we're spreading, that's built into the price, we're spreading that risk out over that portfolio. That's what I mean by the insurance policy. 
but I don't want to go beyond that with the insurance mm-hmm. analogy. I don't want to talk about riders or co-pays or deductibles or, mm-hmm. you know, do you live in a five-story house uh, next to a lake that floods or what, you know, something like that. Um, I don't, because then we're, we're, we're torturing the metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and that's, that's where we went on the call with the Verisage fellows. And that was, that was actually my doing. So. No, no. And that's, and listen, we got a, a interesting article sent to us, hat tip to Richard Smith for this. Um, it was an article uh, called should, should your dental practice offer a membership plan? And what really caught my eye about this is the, the dentists that seem to be doing this. And there are some, and it's growing every year. Um, patients pay 20 to $30 a month for the membership plan. And in return for that, they get two free cleanings a year, and then they get a 10 or 20% discount off any other services, right? So here's my question with this. I could see this for like the bottom tier, but then why couldn't you have a top tier that said for $100 a month, we'll do anything you need? Mm-hmm. Include anything that we do in our four walls. Absolutely. Anything we do under our, anything we can handle under our roof. And that implies due care. And that that gets into the one-off topics because look, if you're doing a lot of one-offs, something's wrong. Yeah. And, 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 and that's the other thing, you know, most professional firms will admit in a bar that 80% of what they do, maybe even more is on the rails. They've seen it before. They've done it before. They know what they're doing. Yeah, each situation, each customer is different. There's different personalities, politics, all of that. But you have the framework to deal with those variances. And your your projects aren't, you know, this, you're not walking into a huge black hole. Mm-hmm. And if you ever do, then you're not qualified to do the project. And that's not a business model issue. That's a professional issue called due care that you shouldn't even be doing it in the first place. I I think just let me interrupt on this because I think that there's two types of one-offs that I'm concerned with. One is certainly the, the the one-offs of, Hey, what a bit, let's say a business valuation. You don't, you don't normally do business, but you do maybe one or two a year. Maybe you do one or two every five years. Maybe you shouldn't be doing business value. You shouldn't be doing that. right. So that's like right. doing an audit. One okay. audit. One so that's audit. so that yeah. so that's the that's that's type A one off scenario. Type B one off scenario is a, an attorney who is a divorce attorney, right? Right. And I think that I think it's the type B one offs that far more concern. Well, at least at least the the, the Verisage crowd that I've talked to. Right. They're less concerned with the one-offs of, of hey, that we don't do this that often. They're more concerned with we don't. They only need this for a limited time. It's in and done. Right. So I mean, I I, I freely admit that litigation is a challenge here, and we're going to have to sort that out with our colleagues and and figure mm-hmm. it out. We're going to have to drop into some holes, you know, as the as the fender guy said. Yeah, um, but 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 we're about to go to a break here. But I want to use our 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 great uh, social media guru, Greg, as an example, you know, Greg, Greg doesn't say I do your website, right? right? Cause that he, he changed the model. So the website is that, no, that's just part of it. Right. It's, it's all this other stuff. Now, what I think professionals are afraid of are doing what he's doing and saying, no, I'm going to go above and beyond just this one-off stuff. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, going to sell you a, a divorce and, and you're going to have a relationship with me for, legal stuff be beyond just the divorce. So anyway. Right. And and that's how you can subscribe to a divorce, right? right. Just like you can subscribe yep. to a d- guitar company. 
Um, yeah. So, well, anyway, uh, we are up against our break. And folks, I'd like to remind you, if you want to contact Ed or me, send us an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Check us out at patreon.com slash TSOE, where you can subscribe to our show and get the anti-kite um, tier where you don't have to listen to Greg Kite. And you and, and now our Patreon show is sponsored by 90 Minds. Got 90 Minds? Check them out at 90minds.com. And now a word from our sponsors. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're in search of relationship value. And then just one more thing on that dental practice thing, that $20, $30 a month and you get two free cleanings. Rather than putting a, a, a limitation on it. Could you imagine them just doubling the price, say 40 or $60 and saying, Hey, you get unlimited cleanings and, mm-hmm. you know, tear that with the discount. Well, what if they come in every day, Rod? I, right. And yeah. <laughs> tell me who's going to do that. I, they're going to run into the same problem. The concierge doctors in totality are, are finding the patients don't come in enough. They right. don't come in enough. They got, that's the last thing they want to do. You know, you got to be really motivated to do that. Um, but I guess for the one-offs, we just need to ask better questions on this. You know, like I think about your world with IT, where you, I, I realize you're doing some major installs, you know, CRM, whatever, these major things. How could you subscribe to them, though? And you've kind of laid out the framework with your, you know, the service level, the access level access agreements, level agreements that you yeah. to do. You know, and you can bundle that, and, and I think you can spread that out. Now, maybe it's higher in the first year for the subscription to cover some of that, but I just I, I, I just I just refuse to believe it's impossible. 
I refuse to believe that. I, I think it is possible. I, w- I will say this. I did I did learn something this week. I, I watched a thing that was on subscribed uh, their their newsletter uh, that was a Forrester research presentation given back in 2016. It was it was pricing subscription. It was a pricing services right with subscription. Mm-hmm. And one of the points that that this gentleman offered was that for subscription the the the, the the first thing he said is for, for subscription to really work in the enterprise, you need a non-enterprise option. And here's what he meant by that. The, you need to be able to sell a subscription to people in the company at different levels and then build up so much of a following inside the organization that the organization says, hey, enterprise, you, you need to... to use us. So for example, something like Zoom or uh, people, uh, people start using it and then they're like, Hey, it (laughs) get your crap together (laughs) Together and go subscribe (laughs) to this. We're, we're, we're all using this. You might as well. And yeah, I, you know, I think that that scares a lot of it shops, but I will say this, the challenge for accounting, just accounting systems is there's no like department who's saying, well, we're going to do debits and credits a little bit differently from the other, from the right, other, right. from the other groups. So well, you're not, yeah, <laughs> you're not going to get a hundred employees to subscribe to an accounting system. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I, so I do think there's a challenge there, which is, I'll say unique, but it might not be unique. There might be other things that are like this, right? But it's okay. certainly different from CRM. It's certainly different from expense systems. It's certainly different from, 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 telecall systems or whatever they they would be called now, you know, visual calling. It's different from all of that stuff. Right. Right. Because of that nature, you got to go all the way to the top because everybody wants to use the same debit and credit system. Right. Right. Now that, that, that's an interesting point. I guess that's really dependent on what you're selling. Um, A a product like Expensify can be adopted by the employees long before it was ever adopted by the companies, which was a brilliant strategy. It is, but, but I'm just thinking too, in, in terms of things like, like direct primary care as well. I, I don't think it's going to be very, because I, I, you know how much we both believe in that model. There's going to be some upward pressure on companies to start yep. offering direct primary care as there an already option. Is. There already yeah. is. There already is. If, you, if, yeah. if you've got, if, if you can spend your HSA account on DPC, and I, that varies by state, and there's all sorts of complexities around that. But if you can, and you notice that, you know, 30% of your employees are doing this, well, then now maybe that becomes part of the employee benefit package options. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, you can get this insurance package and the DPC uh, subscription. Right. Right. But, um, but what I'm trying to think of is all of the other things that could be like that. So things like accountings or, or like um, tax tax returns, like what, what, what can you do to position so that there's this mass uprising within an organization that says we one of the benefits that we want to have offered is our. 1040 is done by X. Right. Right. Yeah. And, it, you know, some, some accounting firms do offer uh, tax prep services to the employees of companies, right. you know, and have or hotline, you know, lawyers offer hotlines to employees of companies as a, you know, I could see some strategies that way. I'm thinking going the other way. That's top right. down though. Right. I'm thinking, how do we may, let, allow it to happen so, so that it's bottom up so that the marketing for the firm starts at the bottom to at try to employee push it level. Up. Yeah. 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 No, that's something we're thinking about for sure. Um, 
The other thing is, you know, we talk about choice architecture, and I love that that term because I do think this is a choice architectural business model that that just encompasses so much about our psychology. Um, it is different. You're entering a relationship, and you have to take action to cancel it. Either Ann Janzer pointed this out or Robbie Baxter pointed this out, but it requires an action on your part to cancel. Maybe that's why I'm canceled clear and serious because I'm just too lazy and, you know, inertia is set in, but I don't think that's it. Um, the other thing that, that I love about the choice architecture is the, you know, the convenience aspect of this, the peace of mind and the front of the line, right? The fact that I can get a, a, a appointment with Dr. Paul same day, you know, he'll come to my house, he'll come to my office, right? That's incredibly valuable. It's just, it, 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 it kind of just swaddles you in a blanket and says, you're going to, you're going to be taken care of no matter what happens to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that is incredibly valuable. And I don't think we pay enough attention to it. This model puts that front and center. This model is the most focused on the customer that I have ever seen. And I was having a conversation with somebody, Ed, who shall remain nameless, but they asked me, how can you blow up 30 years worth of your life? by now talking about this model because it's so different from what you've been preaching. And I said, look, I said, if you look at over the body of, of work that Verisage has done, and that's all of us, it's not just me, we have all, we've been all about increasing pi pricing power. That's why we work with sellers, not buyers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I've been told by a lot of dummies to go out and, and get the buyers to, you know, demand fixed prices before we can do it. And no, yeah, that's no. the wrong approach. Um, but, you know, we talk about penetration, neutral, skim pricing strategy. We're big believers in skim. We're trying to help everybody practically that we work with with skim, even though the other two models are just as viable and we, we can talk about them and there's places for them. But when you look at all the things that we do um, as a group to help Firms get pricing power, branding, strategy, positioning. Nobody's done better work on that than Tim Williams. You're doing that for one reason to get, well, not just one reason, but you're getting pricing power, right? Mm -hmm. Our adaptive capacity model, right, was, was born from, hey, busy, raise prices, <laughs> you know, um, our you dummy. access. <laughs> Our value guarantee, even the perpetual FPA, which Daryl uh, Golem came up with you know, 15 years ago, was an early entry into the subscription model, although we didn't call it that. Our advocacy for niching, our advocacy for innovation and specialization, our advocacy for moving into business advisory services and pricing services and KPIs, and our customer profit focus which was really just a, sh a hair short of lifetime value focus, mm -hmm. right? Our model starts with customer profit. And when I look at all this, we've always been about pricing power. Subscription gives you enormous pricing power, it, but it's just of a different type. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But what's the reason why it gives you the pricing power? Because... Here's why. Based. I, oh. I, I think two more words need to come in here somewhere because I, I, I think this is the other beauty of this model. It's simplicity and it's frictionless. And what I mean by that is look at Value Pricing 1.0. Every year, we're putting a burden on these firms to go out, have a value conversation, and reprice everything. <laughs> right? 
There's a lot of friction there. Let's face it. Let's Mm -hmm. own up to it. We impose this on firms. There's a ton of friction there. What if you could just roll? If 80% of your work is on the rails, and if your packaging and your tiers are are well sorted out and people need something that they didn't anticipate, they can upgrade, right? Hey, I need more usage this month, right? Or whatever. Then they they can go get that and we'll provide those services and then they can slide back down to a lesser price tier. But it's frictionless. And that builds transparency and it fosters trust. I think simplicity and frictionless and transparency fosters trust. And I think it does it quicker than other types of strategies, such as value pricing 1.0. But this is why the billable hours, one of the problems with the billable hour, it sucks with trust, right? Because, well, how do I know you're not just, you know, racking up hours on my, on my account? As you're talking, it just occurred to me, we have Matthew Stewart coming up in a couple of weeks. And the, the thing that jumped out at me is it also invalidates the whale. Well, yeah, it does. Uh, Ed, we've kind of invalidated the whale anyway, (laughs) or at least Reginald Lee did, right? Right. At at best, the whale is an estimate. We should probably explain the whale to the list, but uh, maybe we'll put up the... uh, the graphic in the uh, in the show notes in the show notes, yeah. Well, um, to suffice to say, just just the, the, a large percentage of your profit comes from a very small percentage of your customers. That not right. not revenue, but profit. Profit. So that, right. that's that's the that's it in a synopsis, and then there's a funky graph that looks like a whale. A whale. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that this this um, this model does, and, and and this is one of those things like dignity and professionalism and quality of life that don't fit into any of the metrics anywhere. But just, and Dr. Paul expresses this beautifully, even when he was on our show, he expressed, this is why I became a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody wants to come into my office and I do the procedures and I check them out or whatever, and then they want to read me poetry for 30 minutes, I'm going to sit there and listen because I'm going to have the time. I'm not rushing, you know, from patient to patient every seven minutes. I'm not sitting in front of a screen doing electronic medical records. I have the time to build these relationships. And I I guess that's also what I mean by pricing the relationship. Maybe pricing is the wrong word. There's something else that comes before relationship, but we're fostering or we're strengthening those relationships over time because we don't have a million relationships. We have a thousand relationships. So we can go broader and deeper with each one of them. And you can't do that. Even in a VP model, you're still incentivized to sell, 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 add capacity. No matter how much we talk about it, you know, I think we'd all agree that most professional firms have too many customers. Right. Even their value pricing. And and one thing occurred to me earlier, just to bring it up and then we'll we'll take our break here. But the, one of the great things that, that Teen So's book puts forward, and we've talked about it a number of times on the show, is the new income statement and the fact that it makes cost of goods sold future directed. But the, the further implication of that is, is that it completely gets away from the notion of even trying to line up revenue with costs. Right. Let alone doing it by customer. Let alone doing it by customer. It, com- it, it, it says, for, forget that's e- who, it, who cares? It doesn't matter. We, so it, you don't even want to do it from a timing standpoint. Now, this has got to make accountants crazy. Nevertheless, a customer by customer standpoint. And I think that that that. That insight has stuck with me ever since I read the book and I think continues to be something that I reflect on. But 
We are up against our last break. Actually, we're past it. want to remind you that you can contact both of us by sending that email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Rate this podcast.com slash TSOE too. obviously rate this podcast. Not only would you, would we love a rating, but also a review, which we read on the air. In fact, I think we're a little bit behind in getting some of those out there. We want to make sure that we do that. But right now, a word from our sponsor and this time my employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is, for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're here in search of relationship value. And Ed, I'm going to drop a little experience economy on you from Joseph Pine. And nice. this gets into the transformation aspect, which I, I still think is brilliant. I, I still think what we need to do in a subscription model is to provide transformations. And Joseph Pine writes in the book, that's why we call such buyers aspirants. They aspire to be someone or something different. Without a change in attitude, performance, characteristics, or some other funda- fundamental dimension of self, no transformation occurs. Um, and he says transformations are individual. No individual can undergo the same transformation twice. The second time it's attempted, the individual would no longer be the same person. With transformations, the customer is the product. So this is the whole vendor. We're not just selling you a guitar. We're teaching you how to play it. And we're constantly teaching how to, uh, teaching you how to play it better at higher levels mm-hmm. of skill so you can buy more expensive guitars from us. Um, but then he said this, uh, when a company guides transformation, so you guide a transformation, the offering is the individual. The transformation elicitor must understand the customer aspirations before 
hoping to affect any change in the particular traits. And then here, here we go with the insurance. Services insure with an I, right? They secure payment in the event of a loss, like insurance, things like that, right? You might mm-hmm. phone breaks. I have Apple Care. I go and get a new one. Mm-hmm. Experiences assure with an A. They secure confidence, encouragement, trust, or feeling of satisfaction, like getting on a Disney ride. You know, this thing could kill you, but no, it's Disney. They're, you know, it's safe. They're not going to cheat, che- you know, same with airlines. Um, transformations insure with an E, which is a secure event situation or outcome a secure event a situation or an outcome and we've been focusing on the outcome like learning how to play the guitar obviously Mm -hmm. or growing my business making it more valuable to sell enjoying my retirement getting my kid into college you know whatever it is but then get this and i think this opens up a whole new vista of opportunity for firms he says emblems aspirants purchase to commemorate the transformations they undergo Rings, crosses, flags, trophies, pennants, medals, badges, medallions, insignias, diplomas, certificates, right? They signify that their bearers have have transformed themselves in some way, from single to married, team to champion, civilian to soldier, soldier to hero, right? They cannot, transformations cannot be extracted, made, delivered, or even staged. They can only be guided. And that's what we do as professionals. We guide them through the divorce, Sherpa, whatever you want to call it, but we're guiding them through these transformations and they're continuous. They don't run on a, on a nice, even one year cadence, right? They're continuous. And, and the subscription model does a better job with that. A value pricing model says, oh, well, we have to talk about a change request. Slam on the brakes, bring in the friction, bring in the pain in the butt element to it. Fill right? out this form in triplicate. Yeah. I mean, you know, my own go, damn form. So, yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah, go to the office of paperwork and fill out this form and tell us the business reason why you wanted, you know, and, and I, no, no, just, okay, you need this. Let's figure it out and let's yeah. compose a plan and let's get it done. We do that within our four walls, then we do it. If we don't, we, recommend out outside to somebody else who will do that for you. So when you hear Ed and I talk about insurance with an E, that's what we're talking about. Insuring an outcome. Insuring an outcome. Transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Read that whole definition one more time, Ron. Transformations insure. They secure an event, situation, or outcome. Secure. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, interesting word that mm-hmm. they chose there. Um, but that was their delineation of insurance with an I, A, and E. <laughs> That's how they did it. They, okay. they, they stuck within their hierarchy of value, right? Services, mm-hmm. experiences, just transformations. And I think it makes sense. And, and then does it become customer selection issue, Ron, with the, well, I just want a tax return? Yeah, absolutely. It, okay. So then it's customer selection it, after that. Yeah, it's and, it and, is- Absolutely. And you're really chasing away people that just want a tax return because your price is four times more than the average firm because mm-hmm. we just don't do tax returns here. This is why I have a problem with the, this article in the dental practices, 20, 30 bucks a month. And I was like, come on, you guys, <laughs> you know, man up, <laughs> yeah, charge $200 and take care of everything. Right. Now, if you were to run a what if analysis on that and factor in lifetime value, it'd probably be far more profitable. Yeah. Well, all this is, is trained that, 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 that 
article, which was, was good and got me to thinking. In fact, I sent it to two dentists that I know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With, with the say, hey, I want to talk about this with you uh, because I, I, I had the same reaction you did that this is this is a good step one, but it needs to be more. Right. But and- all, 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 all it's doing is it's, it's taking what is now currently dental insurance with an eye and, and having, having the dentists do it internally. Right. Without the paperwork and stuff, because dental insurance today oh, is it's nightmare. just prepaid dental care. It, yeah. That's all it is. It's not yeah. it's not it's not like medical insurance where you're waiting for a, if it's a catastrophic event, you're covered. No, it's just prepaid dental care. That's all it is. Yep, And I think just like DPC doctors, most dentists would be thrilled to get out from under the rubric of of dental insurance. Right. I mean, well, one of the three people on your team just to deal with that. Uh, one of the I, I sent it to is a very dear friend of mine from high school who his dad was a dentist. He's a dentist. And the last time we had a phone call, he was complaining about it. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the dealing with you all know, the insurance. Top of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, oh, absolutely. Like, they compl- like the doctors complain about the, you know, the uh, health records, the electronic mm-hmm. health records. They go home at night for three hours and type. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, there's one more thing that Pine and Gilmore, I should say, it's not just Joseph Pine, but it's uh, Gilmore too, that wrote the book, The Experience Economy. They talk in the context of transformations, they say, this economic offering requires three separate phases. You like this, Ed, because it's phases. (laughs) Diagnosing aspirations, staging transformation, or I'm sorry, staging transforming experiences and follow through. So you got to follow through and see if, you know, we achieved the goal. Where are we? Those Because it's never ending. Obviously, we're videos, not pictures. But <laughs> I, I think that's a really interesting um, way to, to think about offerings. Not the only yeah. way, but one way. And it's and it's not rinse, repeat. Any, 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 it, it shouldn't be. It's, it's, right, it's, right. it's, it's what can we learn from what we've done together that we can enhance going forward? Well, and not, oh, and here's, here's a price change for you. Here's right. the new season of, right. of my services. So we're going to increase by another $150. And you know, that friction, that, that whole friction of that price. Oh, okay. We have to have a change request or it's time for a new fixed price agreement for the year. Um, that friction is not just external on the customer, which is, which is the ultimate harm, but it's also internally. It's just a lot of work. Yeah. Would you rather have your people sit around innovating or coming up with better ideas or just serving the customer in more detail? Right. Yep. So. All right. Well, Ron, next week, what do we got? Oh, and I'm so excited. We have former President Reagan's speechwriter, Joshua Gilder, who wrote the speech that Reagan delivered to Moscow State University, which we open our show with. And he happens to be George Gilder's cousin i think he's um, going to recognize it ron on the way in <laughs> he's he's already listened to the show ed okay he, he all knows right. all about it so i'm really looking forward to talking to joshua great i'll see you in 167 hours this has been the soul of enterprise business and the knowledge economy sponsored by sage transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. 
Join us next week, folks, on Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific. We will be talking with Joshua Gilder. In the meantime, check us out at thesoulofenterprise.com. We will post full show notes on Ed and my's rambling discussion today. And also, if you want to contact Ed or me, send us an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great weekend. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America.